Let's talk now to uh, Nadir Token, analyst at uh, 27 for Investment Managers. Uh, Nadir, morning to you. Morning to your listeners. U.S. jobs numbers are out. What can you tell us? Yeah, you know, Bongi, I mean, uh, it came out pretty much in line with what the market was expecting. Uh, we're expecting around 213 jobs added and uh, 213,000 uh, jobs, should I say, added for the month of March. And uh, we actually ended up gaining 215,000 jobs in the U.S. economy for the month of March. So very, very marginally about, uh, ahead of analyst expectations. I mean, uh, if we put that into context, uh, the average number of jobs added for the, uh, for, for the, uh, the year of 2015 was about 242,000 jobs. Um, so it was marginally below that figure, although still a very good figure. And, uh, you know, the U.S. economy seems to be powering ahead in terms of employment creation. I think uh, the one factor to note was that analysts were expecting the unemployment rate to hold steady at under 5% or 4.9%. But that creeped up a little bit to 5%. And I think the biggest reason for that is that we're starting to see a recovery of the participation rates uh, uh, in the labor market. You know, I mean, we saw it at at a two-decade low. So, um, you know, at 62.4% coming into 2016, um, and we've seen a gradual recovery from that. We saw it uh, recovering to 62.4% in, in the, for the month of February, and we're seeing that recovering further into the month of March. And what we mean by the participation rate is uh, what percentage of the working population that is unemployed is are actively seeking jobs, you know, and I think uh, uh, as the economy continues to move from strength the strength, uh, people are becoming more optimistic about being able to find the job and they're, re- uh, and, and they're re-entering the workforce. And that's why we saw the unemployment rate creeping up a little bit despite the fact that 215,000 jobs were added. And I think this presents quite a conundrum for the Fed, doesn't it? Because uh, we've seen a lot of talk recently coming out of the Federal Reserve and Janet Yellen about keeping monetary policy very, very accommodative and keeping interest rates low. And, uh, you know, the global economic backdrop is not conducive to an interest rate hike. But, uh, you know, if more people are starting to look for jobs, uh, jobs are continuously being added in the U.S., uh, you know, I think uh, it's going to put the Federal Reserve under a bit of pressure again to start re-looking at an interest rate hike. And it seems to be the seesaw between keeping uh, you know, in, uh, monetary policy very loose and starting to uh, you know, follow up on the first interest rate hike that we saw in December. And uh, you know, I think uh, if the oil price continues to remain low, you know, we're talking about sub-40 dollars a barrel, uh, that could keep inflation very much in check. And I think uh, you know, it may just uh, save the Federal Reserve in terms of keeping monetary policy accommodative just for that much longer. But if we, if we start to see a big recovery in inflation, um, you know, and we continue to see jobs being added at the rate that we are, and, uh, you know, that's participation rate, which, uh, you know, was a major concern in terms of the number of people actively seeking a job. If we see that participation rate starting to improve, you know, I think uh, pressure might be mounting on the Federal Reserve to start to increase interest rates. And that's how we saw risk assets re, uh, react the way that they did on Friday. You know, we saw equities coming under quite a bit of pressure across the globe, including on the JSE, and we saw our resource sector in particular coming under a bit of pressure, um, you know, as, uh, as uh, the jobs number was sort of indicative that the Federal Reserve may have to start re-looking, um, you know, at their, at, 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 at their lower for longer stance. And uh, Nadir, it's interesting to see African Bank uh, launching today, but they're not launching just as a micro lender, but they, you know, their offerings uh, quite a, quite a huge package now. 
Yeah, that's right. You know, Bongia, if you look at uh, the traditional client base of African Bank, it's obviously the uh, middle to lo- the, the, the lower to middle income earners, should I say? And uh, you know, we're talking about a customer base of around one and a half million people, and it was uh, you know unsecured lending which got the parent company into trouble in the first place. You know, and I think the economy is very very weak. Um, you know, and uh, and and, and uh, the, the population's debt servicing costs are already fairly high. So, you know, African Bank has to find a way to diversify uh, their earnings stream, has to find a way to uh, bring new sources, new products to the market, to bring revenue into the company, which is not associated with just uh, extending credit to the lower end of the market, because that continues to remain a really risky area of business. So, you know, they're talking about launching funeral plans, they're talking about launching uh, uh, insurance products, and they've in fact partnered with Sunlam uh, to, to, to do that through a cell captive. So, you know, I think uh, they're trying to bring new sources of revenue into the business. Um, you know, obviously we know that it's not going to be traded as a public company for now, so it remains a private company with only their debts listed on various stock exchanges, the debt in the good company, and that's at a, 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 a net value of about 4.8 billion rand, the debt that's been listed. And we know it's starting off with a, a, a credit rating four levels below uh, uh, investment grade from, from Standard & Poor's, and that's obviously reflective of the state of the parent company. And, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see, uh, you know, in terms of when they're going to relist on, 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 on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange. But for now, they remain a private company, but launching with quite a healthy balance sheet, Pongi. You know, we're talking about 24 billion rand in cash um, and about uh, 10 billion rand in, 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 in equity value. So, you know, I think uh, quite a healthy position for African Bank to, to, to launch its new business. And, uh, you know, as a, hopefully their measures to diversify their earnings base in a very tough uh, South African consumer environment uh, will prove to be fruitful in terms of bringing additional sources of revenue. They'll probably look at uh, the new stock exchange as well that is launching in September. You'll never know. And uh, the European corporate gifts quickly? Yeah, you know, Bongi, I mean, obviously earnings have been very disappointing out of the Eurozone. You know, we're talking, the, the analysts uh, across the globe have been punting the Eurozone as an attractive destination for uh, invest in, investment in li- listed markets, and that's predominantly been on the back of valuation. You know, we're talking about uh, uh, equity valuations in the, in the European Union being very cheap relative to the rest of the developed market, and particularly the U.S., um, you know, and we're talking about the tailwinds of additional quantitative easing coming out of the European Central Bank, and we all know what that did for the U.S. equity market when the Federal Reserve embarked upon a similar program, or exactly the same program. So, you know, it's been punted as a very attractive destination for investment, but the earnings just haven't, uh, you know, been there, and they haven't played ball. But, uh, you know, we're expecting uh, a very subdued earnings growth for the calendar year of 2016 of around about uh, between a half a percent and 1% real earnings growth. But, uh, you know, you've got to put these things into perspective. The bottom line is that inflation in the Eurozone remains negative. Uh, you know, although the economy, there's, uh, you know, some green shoots coming through, there's still a long way from a large-scale recovery. And, uh, you know, I think in, t- in, in terms of uh, disappointing investors, there's very little that can disappoint from European uh, uh, earnings expectations or European equities from this point. So, you know, a lot of the bad news is priced in. And, uh, you know, we're coming off a very low base. So in terms of uh, a value investment, in terms of the dividend yields you're getting relative to equivalent bond yields, 
and in terms of uh, you know the the, 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 the price to earnings ratios and the price to book ratios you're paying for some of these uh, stock markets. Uh, you know, it presents quite a compelling value opportunity with uh, very little opportunity for disappointment on, 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 on the downside. So, right. um, you know, I think uh, a continued holding in the region remains warranted. And, uh, you know, if the profit margins can improve and if the European Central Bank can get inflation going once again and massive amounts of quantitative easing um, and cheap money find their way into, into stock markets, you know, we could continue to see uh, improved performance and, uh, you know, earnings generation coming through at just the point you want. Because remember, we're trading on very cheap multiples. So even if we see some multiple expansion, if disappointing earnings results come through, um, mm. you know, that could be a possibility. And then once earnings uh, growth starts to come through, we see those price-to-earnings multiples moderate once again.